0: Need a break from the horrifying reality of real life? Well, do we have a sexy deal for you.
1: Go to adamandeve.com and use our special code HORROR for 50% off almost any item and free shipping. That's H-O-R-R-O-R at checkout for 50% off and free shipping. Order now and get ready to... You're a girl boss. Hello? Hello? Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of... I'm horrified. I'm horrified. I've been watching a lot of Nikki tutorials, so I wanted to be like, <laughs> hello, guys. Oh, my
0: gosh. But Can I we, can't. Let's pause what we're doing. Can we talk for a second about Nikki tutorials and that video and that whole situation? She's
1: incredible.
0: She's incredible. Her first video, like, just filled me with, like such feelings of like she is such a positive light in this world mm-hmm. and then she came out with her second video did you watch her second yes video? i did where she was like and to my blackmailers like i know who you are but i'm like not gonna stoop to your level and i was like
1: fuck it up like. yeah i'm not gonna stoop to your level but i need you to know that the whole world Fucking hates you. Yeah. She's a
0: queen. And also, have you did you watch her videos before the video? Not really. I I'd watch like bits and pieces when she had like people I liked on, but I'm not like a huge She's incredible. Yeah. I,
1: I watch makeup tutorials not because I ever wear makeup. I rarely wear makeup, but I'm not and I'm not saying that like I don't wear makeup. I'm not like other girls. I'm not like other girls. I'm saying that like I have clinical depression and sometimes <laughs> can't brush my teeth, so mascara is a little too complicated. Amen. Um, but I love watching makeup tutorials, yeah. I love like listening to them as I fall asleep, she has a wonderful voice. She's she's also Dutch, yeah. so like I just love that accent and it's just wonderful. But props to her, she's props amazing. To her. Oh my god, you guys go I, go watch her videos whether you like makeup or not. She's yeah. so skilled. Like it's like watching a she is she's a really master skilled. renaissance painter. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Um, but we're not here to talk about nice people, no. nice things. <laughs> we're not no. here to talk about an inspirational story of triumphing over haters. No. Um, what are we here to talk about this week, Al? Today I'm going to talk about cornflakes kind of but specifically john harvey kellogg the, the kellogg boy the I'd kellogg assume. boy all right there's more to it than cornflakes my god mm. i cannot wait hmm what uh, are you going to talk about sam today i'm
0: going to talk about a trillion trees is that a charity
1: Um, it's kind of a charity and like a movement and like an idea. It's a little, it's a little weird. When you say it's kind of like a movement, it means it's bad and failed. (laughs) No, it's It's like sort
0: of a movement.
1: Oh, failure. (laughs) It's,
0: in the words of, um, Rebecca Punch, it's a lot more nuanced than that. Fair enough. So we're, we're going to get there, but first I want to hear about a man who I don't
1: know if he's nuanced or not, Mr. Kellogg. Nuance isn't really what i call it. <laughs> um, but yes, let's talk about it. And I thought about a lot about what to call this segment. Like, should I call it, like, are we talking about cornflakes? Are we talking about the Battle Creek Sanitarium? Oh. <laughs> are we talking about the Kellogg Brothers? Because there were two of them involved. Oh. Or just one of the brothers. And I, I'm going to go with that last one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with JHK. JH, classic JHK he, move. He really took the reins on the crazy. Okay. All right, so he's in charge of that. Um, but today we're going to talk about him and also his brother. Um, two brothers who loved cereal so much they created cornflakes. Just two brothers. And hated masturbation so much they burned people's genitals with acid. Oh. (laughs) I think that's the first time I've genuinely surprised you. (laughs) Swing out of left field, huh? I thought maybe. (laughs) So, like, you know,
0: we... (laughs) We do this podcast and you start to fall into themes. You start to fall into rhythms with each other. So, like, I hear somebody's name and I think to myself, oh, like, he's a misogynist or a racist. He's a Republican. He did something. He had an affair. He had an affair. He did something saucy. He was bad. He locked the Kellogg factory and there was a fire. You know what
1: I mean? This We're getting much more crazy than triangle shirtwaist. I shirt guess, guess I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Yeah that he hated
0: masturbation anti-masturbation
1: advocate did
0: he burn off his own you know you know what
1: let me let me just be part of this narrative let me just go on yeah long answer to come short answer yes oh no so anyways john was born in 1852 william was born in 1860 so john is the older brother john's the biff william is the happy (laughs) if you if you that's a helpful reference that's for the theater kids um we do it all for you we do it all for you um, oh, I do it all for you. <laughs> That's yeah. another theater reference. You're I welcome. made two. I made two. You're welcome, um, uh But they had different moms because it was the 1800s. Moms were just dropping like flies. Oh, absolutely. Childbirth. What are you going to do? How could you um, possibly live through that? How could you possibly keep one around for more than a couple <laughs> years? Um, but their father eventually moved them all to Battle Creek, Michigan, where he opened a broom factory. Making brooms, I assume. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Their father also loved christianity and dabbled in a bunch of different uh huh right so they were baptist for a while Love and then that. they were congregationalist okay and then there, there were a couple other ones mixing it up but the one that stuck was seventh day adventist around this time seventh day adventist was like becoming a thing and that just took hold nice and firm they really liked that one they stuck with that that was what their community was into. That might have been why they moved to Battle Creek. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um. I don't so, know the difference between any of those. I gotta be honest. I didn't, I did a little bit, bit of research on Seventh Day Adventist, but I didn't do too much and here's why. They're going to do a lot of weird shit and just because they did weird shit doesn't mean, mean that like Seventh Day Adventists do weird shit. Okay. Um, it's different. Yeah. I'm just going Their gonna say, weird shit was their own. This is how the Kelloggs ran with it. Yeah. And I agree and disagree with different parts of Seventh-day Adventists teachings, but this is not about them. The (laughs) Seventh-day Adventists weren't like, you know what you should do. Yeah, I will say that Kellogg and the corporation and the history of it is involved with Seventh-day Adventist, not teachings, but the church Mm -hmm. because he is an extremely prominent figure who was Seventh-day Adventist and who was friends and then enemies with the people who created it. So there's a lot of history in there, but that's, like, if I say they're, like, doing some weird thing, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that everyone does that. I think that's fair. <laughs> just means that John Harvey Kellogg did. Yeah. And boy, did he do. And he was a man unto himself. He was. So he's still a little baby. Um, and their dad, knowing that the coming of Christ was imminent obviously, um, um, did not see much of a point in them going to school after 11 because the coming of Christ was imminent, yeah. Sam. Um, I'm not, not going to tell you again. Christ doesn't need your SAT scores. <laughs> exactly. Um, so <laughs> that actually sounds nice. Like if somebody had told me that it, in like high school, I, it would have been better. <laughs> wow. Thanks. Um, so yeah, they didn't really go to school that much after, you know, their formative years, um, and they ended up working in their father's broom factory, and eventually, um, John Harvey worked at a printing press owned by a prominent Seventh-day Adventist family, the Whites. Um, so Ellen G. White was one of the, basically the mother of that religion. Um, so it kind of cemented that community, that faith in him, and a lot of her teachings became his teachings. Hmm. Um, So the Whites took him on as a protege, taught him all sorts of stuff about education, the Bible, the world, and medicine, especially Ellen, who had a lot of interesting thoughts about dieting and health. Uh Um, Primarily, he took from her his vegetarianism, which is totally fine. Great. Cool choice. Eventually, John went to medical school, even though he left school at 11. I think that's fine. (laughs) And he went on to found Battle Creek Sanitarium with the hopes that he would be able to spread his health views and those of his close Seventh-day Adventist friends um, far and wide. As soon as I hear the word sanitarium, that's a red flag. So, same. <laughs> <laughs> with our modern same, eyes. Same, same, you know? same. We don't use that word anymore. Um, and, yeah, his. so I'm going to get into what that means in a second. Great. Um, so he and his brother run this sanitarium together, Though his brother is mostly breeding Arabian horses. That's what he likes doing. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to make a decision. We're not going to talk about William anymore. (laughs) He's not really involved. He helped, but he didn't do much, and he was mostly breeding Arabian horses. He was busy. Does that make sense? We're just going to talk about John. He sucked the hardest. Yeah. All right. So, 1866, Sanitarium opens. Wahoo. So, it's half psychiatric hospital and half health spa. Uh-huh. Now, those are two different things. They sure are. But they're happening kind of in the same place. Okay. Um, so it's somewhere that you could send somebody who was mentally ill or, or <laughs> hysterical or whatever mm-hmm. they called it back then. Or it was a place for celebrities to go to, like, be well. Right? i
0: usually nowadays you wouldn't find um people dealing with severe mental illness and celebrities looking for a spa day
1: in the same place no and you shouldn't and probably they <laughs> need two different services we're gonna get into that um but yeah so they kind of meant for it to sound like both things and sanitarium mm-hmm. had a different connotation yeah in that time um So, yeah, but people like Amelia Earhart, Mary Todd Lincoln, Sojourner Truth, Henry Ford, Warren G. Harding. We remember him, right? What a Um, cross-section
0: of people. All
1: these people went to this spa. So that's great. Well, and you, like me, are probably wondering what it is that John Harvey Kellogg had them do there, right? I am. So the main tenets of everything that happened there were about biologic living. Uh Uh-huh. Which sounds scary. Yes. But it was mostly about, and it was a crucial interest of Seventh day Adventists. It was like a big thing for them. So, biologic living stressed the need for a healthy diet and exercise regimen in order to maintain a healthy mind, body, and spirit. In theory, sounds great. A lot of it sounds great. (laughs) That's great. Um, yeah. It, it applauded the benefits of fresh air and great. sunshine and Love moving it. your body. Beautiful. Dissuaded from the use of alcohol and drugs because yeah, they're okay. They're not good for you. Yep. Just like a cheeseburger isn't good for you. I'm not saying I don't do them, but there you go. And a big hallmark of it was also a vegetarian diet. That's also great for a lot of people. Yeah. All of this sounds lovely. It's the way that any human being is healthy. Yes. <laughs> you kind of need to do all those things. Yes. To keep your body happy and healthy.
0: That's always the worst when it's like, what can I do to feel better in my body? And it's like, well, diet and exercise. And I'm like, oh, yeah.
1: What else? Yeah. Well, it's not like <laughs> dieting the activity is no, bad. It's, it's like but eating good food is, your is diet. what yeah, yes. it's what makes you feel better. No one should shame you if you're not doing that cuz yes. there's a million reasons. But yeah, I mean, that's a good anytime I don't feel good, I'm like, well, did I drink any water today? Yeah answers no all yeah. right well we'll start there <laughs> have i had protein in the last three days yeah, probably no. not let's try that um and i think it is really important for you know as we grow more empowered in our bodies to make sure that we're always listening to our bodies absolutely that's super important so that's great right yes <laughs> so they're there it's great the problem what's the problem the problem <laughs> sam is it the masturbation thing <laughs> no we're gonna get to that that's like a God. whole different paragraph i can't get it out of my mind no okay. no no you gotta okay. wait you gotta yep. wait uh-huh the problem, Sam, is that those things, while wonderful and genuinely important, are not the only things you need to be healthy all the time. Yes. You know, so John Harvey Kellogg notably refused uh, the smallpox vaccine because he believed he was so healthy, <laughs> it was unnecessary.
0: I don't think that's how that works. GHK.
1: Yeah. Um, and like he loved like hydrotherapy water. He, he was all about like oh there's a lot of crude methods of hydrotherapy like dunking crazy people in ice baths which was totally happening but he did um things like you know maybe douches cold mittens (laughs) salt glows don't know what a salt glow is Towel rubs, sheet <laughs> wet sheet rubs, which These... I I have to assume a wet sheet rub. They all sound like sex acts, right? They all sound like all euphemisms sound... for masturbation. Do you guys want I'm a cold? Sorry. Yeah, you want a cold mitten? Yeah, that's actually very true. I gave myself a towel rub, towel last rub. night and I felt much better. Oh, here's one: wet and dry packings. <laughs> that's masturbating. Well, that sounds like anal sex to me. <laughs> But it's to, I mean, it's whatever way you want to do it, am I right? right. Whatever yeah. way floats your boat. However it works um, for you. And all types of, like, baths. <laughs> like, he was very into baths. I, myself, am a woman who's also very into yeah, baths. He but in a loved, more he would have loved lunch. Yeah, in a much more capitalist way. Oh, my God. Um, so, and also, he was, like, big into enemas. <laughs> he loved enemas. Loved it. And he even sometimes did yogurt enemas. Oh, think about that. Think I don't about want that. To Force anymore. yourself to think about it. It's no upsetting. No. That's why we're here. And they also used light baths with the indoor tanning technology that was wow. becoming, so it was slowly getting into the medical um, field. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all happening. So yeah, like, what are you gonna do? And well, they also had people do things like gymnastics, swimming, you know, being outside, walking in the snow, chopping wood, eating vegetarian, high fiber diets. Just, like, kind of, like, ah, oh, like, go out and yeah. be active. And, 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 like, again, like, that's all fine. Like, if you want to feel refreshed, like, do all that. I wouldn't chop wood, but I don't think I could. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think I could lift an axe above my head. But everything in moderation. Everything in moderation, including chopping wood. Yeah. Unless you're in, uh like, Frontier Times, mm-hmm. there was this, I have to segue quickly. There was this um show, I think it was called, like, like frontier land or mm-hmm. frontier front or home front or it was some kind of show that was like see if you'll make it in frontier times what and was it was called? filmed in
0: two thousand one and they had to
1: did we that, already talk about this no but I uh, you and yeah, I yeah yeah have yeah yeah we about talked about it because it's one and of my favorite reality yeah yeah TV yeah things. and like they're all supposed to wear like the dresses yes. and like do the laundry by hand and like make the food the way without any stove things mm-hmm. like that so they do that and at the end. They're like I think we've talked about this on this podcast. Well, I swear to god. congrats If people anyone if you're remembers this. Again. Yeah, but and and at the end it's like they're they're going to see who won or who survived the winter and then they're like none of you survived the winter cuz nobody chopped enough wood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what you had to do was chop wood every fucking day. Yeah that it wasn't winter absolutely. to not die in the winter. We definitely talked about this, but I'm glad we're we absolutely you back up. talked about this. I if, would love to find this on DVD. I'll Venmo ten dollars to the first person who tells me what episode we talked about this <laughs> in. Because I swear to I swear to God, I will Venmo Venmo you that, I swear. Um but yes, so <laughs> but
0: so just before <laughs> we way off wait, the other crazy thing about this show is that they filmed one season in 2001 Mm -hmm. and so these people were living a pioneer life and and 9-11 happened happened. and the producers had to explain to all these people that 9-11 had happened and i just can't imagine like being that pa and it's like chuck you gotta go in there and explain that 9-11 happened to to these these people yeah oh my god like that's crazy that's crazy. What a place like everyone I feel like has a story of like, oh, I remember on 9-11. I was XYZ. On Imagine. those people, for those
1: people like, Oh, where were you on 9 11 It's like, well, <laughs> I was in a pioneer village. I don't know. I was trying to win a reality pioneer show. Pioneer House. I was think it, it was called Pioneer, pioneer House. House. I think out. that's what it was called. Sorry, guys. Back to the show. I'm so sorry. Could be more sorry. Um <laughs> But yeah, okay. So John Harvey Kellogg's having them all do this stuff. And, you know, if you want to feel refreshed. Sure. Great. Unfortunately, only some needed to be refreshed and some were struggling with severe mental illnesses. And Kellogg pre- treated them pretty much the same. Oh, no. you like, if you're, if you're a healthy person, if you're really doing all the things you need to be healthy, then nothing is wrong with you. That attitude kind of exists today. That's real. Like, there's bros who are like, well, if you eat clean, then mm-hmm. th- nothing's wrong with you. And it's like, well... That's not true. <laughs> Stuff still could be. Stuff still could be. Um, so, yeah, you can't salt bath away depression. I have put the man hours in <laughs> to figure out if that's true. We've done extensive research. We've done extensive research, you guys. Um, and the other problem is that he was becoming <clears throat> something of a celebrity doctor. I didn't know they had those in the 1800s, <laughs> but apparently they did. Oh, my God, the Dr. Drew of the 1800s. Yeah, and started publishing his beliefs in magazines and journals without any legitimate research that these things were safe. So what we have here is our very own 1800s Gwyneth Paltrow <gasps> and our very own vintage <laughs> goop Battle Creek Sanitarium. Oh my god. I know. We're just connecting all the goddamn dots this episode. Now I
0: want Gwyneth to buy the land that used to host Battle uh, Creek Sanitarium and make a
1: like a goop campus. And a goop camp or like some kind of boutique hotel. Mm. You know mm. what I mean?
0: That's what I need now. Where you go
1: and they shove a bunch of jade eggs up your hoo ha. <laughs> yeah, and then yogurt. <laughs> and yogurt. A yogurt enema sounds like something that would be on Goop. Let's be real. Yeah, here. it does. Let's no, be does. real. Absolutely. They're like take high quality Greek yogurt, Greek yogurt double strained. Yep. Shove it up yourself. <laughs> shove it Violently and aggressively. Get it, Get in, it in there. And Cushion. then shoot it out. <laughs> oh God, and like then
0: the image of shoot it out, shoot it out, to And me.
1: then go get that job interview, girl. <laughs> you're a girl boss. You're a you're a fucking girl <laughs> boss. Like in the 1800s, they're doing this yogurt <laughs> enema on this poor crazy Victorian woman, and she's, she oh just she just leaves and is like, "I'm gonna get mine." She just says like oh bipolar, no. and they're like, "You know, would really help." We're gonna shove yogurt we inside yogurt of you.
0: Up you. God. The past is a nightmare.
1: Yeah, it's (laughs) it really it really is. I can't get past the yogurt animal once I start thinking about it. But I have to. I have to. We have to move on. We We have to keep going. We We haven't even gotten to the masturbation. We got to move forward. Um, Oh, it's time for the masturbation. Thank God. It's time for the sex stuff. Now it's time for my favorite section, um, the part where we talk about how fucking weird John Harvey Kellogg was about sex. Great. So as as a Seventh Day Adventist, JHK had strict beliefs surrounding celibacy, and I mean strict to our understanding he and his wife I think her name was Ella or something um absolutely never had sex okay like not on the wedding night not to have children at all they slept in separate bedrooms and they adopted all their children okay Okay. they never boned down and like I don't know where he got that from because I can't find anything about not having sex at all (laughs) like even within marriage yeah in like the old Seventh Day Adventist teachings, but he was having none of it. He was he quite literally <laughs> yeah. having none of it. He he believed that sex polluted the mind, no matter which way you swung the bat, so to speak. Okay. Um, but don't even get him started on masturbation. So here's an excerpt from Mental Floss about Kellogg's thoughts on masturbation. Ke- quote. Kellogg devoted much of his energy to discouraging sexual activity of any kind, and was an especially ardent critic of masturbation, which he believed could cause cancer of the womb, urinary disease, Uh nocturnal emissions. Mm -hmm. It it keeps you from having nocturnal emissions, right? Yeah. There's nothing left in the tank. If you empty it. I I can't. If you drain Um, drain the snake right before. Impotence, epilepsy, insanity, and mental and physical disability. Um... And also, like, dimness of vision, (laughs) they said. So it's like that old wives' tale that, like, masturbating would make you blind. Yeah. He also, he stood by it. He was like. Um, And then not to mention obvious moral corruption. Obviously. While this was not such a strange viewpoint in the Victorian era, his method of discouraging it certainly was, especially in regards to children. Kellogg, an accomplished, if somewhat unconventional in his methods, surgeon, would perform circumcisions without anesthetic. Because, in his words, the brief pain attending the operation will have a salutary effect on the mind, especially if it be connected with the idea of punishment, as it may well be in some cases. The soreness which continues for several weeks interrupts the practice, and if it had not previously become too firmly fixed, it may be forgotten and not resumed. Yikes. So, this article goes on to say his methods with young women were even more severe oh no he reported that the application of pure carbolic acid to the clitoris (gasps) an excellent means of a is an excellent means of allaying abnormal excitement (laughs) and they go on to say when he wasn't burning children's genitals with acid he was quote bandaging or tying their hands covering their genitals with patented cages sewing the foreskin shut and applying electrical shock that's crazy that's To a, say nothing of abusive. That's a nightmare. Terrifying. And in and all ways. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, there's not a moment of that that's not a full nightmare. That's awful. It's awful. It's terrifying. I think the, I the one moment of it that's not a I feel full like nightmare he... is if you put your penis in a cage, at least you can take the cage off. Yeah. That's fine. Go for that. Some people are into that. Yeah. No, I mean, cage it yeah. up if that's what you want to do. Live it. But I just, and in a way it's like he ever jerked it? Did he even know what he was missing? I think this is what happened. Did he jerk it once and feel awful? Well, also, he gave himself his own circumcision in his 30s. Oh, my God. I'm not sure whether he used anesthetic or not. I'm sure he didn't. But this is what I think. I think that he was masturbating and either somebody walked in on him or he, like, witnessed a murder as he came or something so traumatic happened to him during of masturbation uh-huh that he just broke snapped wow if only there was some kind of sanitarium he could have gone
0: to for mental health just kidding you're gonna do spa treatment. shove the yogurt up his
1: butt and see if it works i'm sure he was i'm sh- that's the thing i'm sure he was <laughs> it was the closest he allowed himself to get to his peen. yeah yeah i mean what are you gonna do okay we gotta keep going So he also fervently believed that certain, and this is the fun part. Oh, God. It's not fun. None of it's fun. What are you here for? (laughs) Um, He fervently believed that certain foods led to heightened sexual impulses and that spicy or protein-rich foods would lead to sexual hysteria, while bland foods helped to reduce sexual urges. He followed in the footsteps of one of his idols, Sylvester Graham, who had himself created a cracker meant to curb sexual stimulation in youth. Can you guess what that cracker was? Is it like a saltine? A gr- okay, Sylvester Graham. A graham cracker. I didn't really pay attention when you said his name. A graham cracker. I love- I was like, oh, good joke. And then I was like, you're serious. That's your serious <laughs> face. And I was like, is Sam a moron? And I was like, no, you weren't listening to me. That's fine. Um, I didn't catch the name. <clears throat> let's take it again. What cracker did Sy- Sylvester Graham? Obviously, a graham cracker, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, I love graham crackers, but they're yeah. meant for to m- stop you masturbating. Nothing makes me hornier than a s'more. Oh, same. You same. Know what I mean. So he failed. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyways, all of this research led him to join his younger brother in the creation of the Kellogg's Corn Flake.
0: So it was meant to be just like yep. the least sexy cereal. A
1: cereal so boring it will keep you from fucking your wife for forty <laughs> years <laughs> and yourself. <laughs> It's amazing. So, yeah, that's that's the cornflakes part of it. Um, it is a little tied to his crazy. So that's, that's. I mean, it's very tied to his crazy. Oh, my God. Um, so that's that. I mean, there's a lot of other crazy facts about John Harvey Kellogg because he's a crazy dude. Um, so there's lots of, like, stories floating around. Yeah. I want you to tweet us or email us if you have any other fun facts about him. Please. I'll give you one last fun fact. He and his brother fought a lot in their later years over patent rights because they had a lot of inventions together. And JHK actually wrote a letter to his brother years before his death, apologizing and asking to reopen their relationship. But his secretary read it and thought he was demeaning himself by apologizing. Oh damn! And never sent the letter. <gasps> and so William didn't see it until after John had died, and was That's like, "So sad. What the fuck? I could have had a relationship with my brother. Yeah, who was a fucking weirdo, but he was my brother. What do you my want?" Brother. Um, it's just been me and my Arabian horses for all these years. I know. Well, that's all he had. Um, but yeah, I think it's funny as anything that, you know, something like this is tied to cornflakes. Also Rice Krispies. And like you said, Rice Krispies, like a Rice crispy treat. I'm, I'm down to mess around yes. if I have a Rice crispy treat. I'm horned It's up. my favorite square in the world. <laughs> um, oh, and he also expressed interest in eugenics. Of course he did. That's bad. I don't have that much information about it. There was so much information about the other stuff. That's I mean, just part of it. That just tracks. That tracks for me. So yeah, that's that's the end. That's JHK. That's JHK. Wow, what a man with crazy, crazy views. He's a. He's a. He's a tough one. Wow. A bad person, really, a, what
0: a, I mean an objectively bad person That's making, what I mean to say. An objectively bad person making bad choices. Yep. That's yep, yep. what I would say about him. I would say that, too. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much, Allie. Oh, it was a pleasure. I never would have known what a sexual pervert the Corn- Kellogg's guy was. I don't
1: eat cornflakes, really. I've used them in um, frying chicken. Interesting. A protein-rich food, which probably led me on a sexual escapade. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I will say, if you're frying chicken, if you take your breadcrumbs and you like crunch a bunch of cornflakes up into it it's delicious we learned two things today and then go fuck someone and then absolutely <laughs> just to just to shove it to jhk ride somebody yeah or masturbate furiously <laughs> for hours no i think it's more that's attacking. the only thing that's gonna make us happy
0: here's what i think you gotta do you gotta get in a tub because you know he loved those
1: tubs get in a tub but then jerk you gotta go to for 45 minutes yeah put a bath on your in drains air. go crazy go fucking crazy uh how much of that should we edit out some of it <laughs> <laughs> all right all what right what are we talking
0: about so okay cool um today i'm going to talk about a trillion trees uh you know how sometimes things sound good and then on this podcast we ruin them this is yeah, one of those episodes love that yep so there's this movement and it's picking up steam lately and it's called A Trillion Trees. It sounds good. Right? So first I'm going to talk about why it sounds great and then I'm going to talk about why it's maybe actually not great.
1: Surprise. Okay, yeah, I mean, we have such little nice things. <laughs> I know. But
0: why? Well, I might as well take away one more. Take away one more. So what is A Trillion Trees? Basically, a bunch of people want to plant A Trillion Trees. That's the most
1: basic version.
0: I mean, go to town. To get more specific, there is a couple groups and movements currently talking about planting a trillion trees. One is um, three of the world's largest conservation organizations, which is the World Wildlife Fund, Bird Life, and the Wildlife Conservation Society, Mm -hmm. have partnered up on the A Trillion Trees Project.
1: I think of like World Wildlife Fund as one of the most popular environmental These are like the three groups. Yeah, yeah. And so their goal is to plant a trillion trees
0: by 2050, or as their website puts it, quote, we connect funders with forest conservation ventures and inspire the world to protect and restore one trillion trees by 2050. So it seems like they're kind of talking about pooling their resources to get funders to fund reforestation efforts. Great. Great. There's another group. They're called the Trillion Tree Campaign. And they have a website where you can register a tree you've planted towards the Trillion Tree goal. That's nice. So you can just like go out in your backyard, plant a tree, go on their website and be like one more tree. That's fun. And that's what and they're you doing. you feel like you're contributing to Great. the goal? Gotta love it. Then there's 1t.org. One trillion. One trillion or perhaps one tree. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we did one. Everybody go home. We, we did it. We did it. Um, And they say their goal is to connect reforestation champions at the grassroots level with resources, opportunities, and high-level leaders in science, technology, business, policy, and finance, creating unprecedented access and connectivity within a single purpose-driven digital space basically it seems like it's an online community for people who care about reforestation okay which is like a little more buzzwordy than what those other three big conservation groups are doing
1: can I stop you yeah so those are you just described the three aspects of of one nonprofit no so those are three different groups wait <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you kept saying this is different I'm like Oh, but it's the online version of this. So this no, is different. No, no.
0: So, t- so I was looking into it because like when I started Googling, like looking into this There's story. There's a bunch of them. I obviously just Googled the words a trillion trees, but then like four websites came up that all appeared to be totally not connected to each Everybody other. Everybody liked that um, alliteration. Exactly. And so a bunch of groups have picked it up. And on top of that, there's Republican Congressman Bruce Westerman's plan. He's working on legislation right now called the Trillion Trees Act. Oh, God. Again, totally disconnected from these other three groups. Okay, well,
1: if everybody does their job, we'll have four trillion trees. (laughs) I know. Wouldn't that be great?
0: And so, um, his, uh, Westerman's plan would, among other things, create a national target for increasing the number of trees grown in the U.S. for the purpose of sequestering carbon, um, according to a summary of the bill that was viewed by Axios, um, and it doesn't yet actually include a numerical target, but it's not actually going to be a trillion. But clearly he likes the alliteration sure. of a trillion trees. So again, these groups don't appear to be connected. They don't appear to be one effort, but they all seem to think that we should plant a trillion trees. Okay, I'm confused. I'm wondering
1: who got the Instagram
0: handle. <laughs> I know, by. I know. And so why do these groups want a, uh, a trillion more trees in the world? I feel it should be obvious, but let's break it down.
1: I mean, I, I mean, I'm an idiot. So, like, (laughs) it's, I, I would say, yes, of course, there should be more trees. I could not tell you why. Oxygen, maybe? Yeah, all of, all of it. So, forests. You don't know. (laughs) Which is where the
0: trees are from. um, Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you know this. Um, But they're home to well over half the species that live on land. And the global carbon cycle depends on them. So, like, the carbon cycle is, like, Inhaling oxygen, exhaling carbon dioxide, it gets stuck up in the, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, sure. Trees, part of them is that they suck up carbon dioxide. Okay. So people who are worried about climate change are like, trees could help, because they would suck up some of the carbon dioxide. They might. Right? Great. And also, millions of people call forests home, and they support over a billion people's livelihoods. Hmm. However, there were once six trillion trees on this planet. There are now only three trillion trees- And we are losing about 10 billion trees per year still. Oh boy. So the number of trees is just going way down. And that leads to the changing climate, a shrinking habitat for wildlife, and harder lives for billions of people who depend on forests for their livelihood. All things we can agree are bad. Those are all, yeah, yeah, sure. So more trees equals good. Yeah, no, that tracks. Right? Uh, It's actually something Democrats and Republicans can agree on. But are these various trillion tree campaigns good? Um, And I read a really interesting article by James Temple from Tech Review, and it kind of lays out all the issues with this trillion trees movement. Uh, So now I'm going to lay them out for you, and it can be ruined for you, too. Okay, yeah. So number one, it's going to take a long time for trees to actually make a difference, especially if we keep fucking up the planet in the meantime.
1: Yeah, it seems like rather than doing anything, (laughs) there's a lot of things we need to stop doing first. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, an example that uh, this guy,
0: uh, James Temple, uses in his article is this travel booking app called Hopper. And they just announced that they will donate funds to plant four trees for every flight booked on their service. Okay. And the company said that they estimated that the average tree sequesters just shy of a metric ton of carbon dioxide. So, it kind of removes that from the atmosphere, Mm -hmm. which is about as much as one passenger's share of an average flight purchased through the app. So they're like, by planting four trees, we're offsetting the carbon emissions that you're going to be using on this flight. Isn't that great?
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Um, Well, it's not great because for a tree to clean up a metric ton of CO2, it requires 40 years of growth. So like if you plant a tree and you get on a flight, it's not like you're immediately balanced out. (laughs) i didn't think about that that tree has to be actively growing for 40 years and then it can clear yeah you're getting on an airplane yeah so and giving like varying species climate conditions other factors like it will actually really take 25 years of those trees being alive to offset the share of emissions from each flight and as temple says in his article it would be complete delusion then to think these sorts of carbon offset programs make our actions immediately carbon neutral but such thinking could encourage us to continue spewing carbon at a moment when emissions need to decline rapidly now tally up every individual's flight plus every corporation justifying business as usual behavior with tree planting that won't have much of an effect for a couple of decades assuming the trees survive that long and you see how quickly this thinking can become a major problem
1: yeah, it's just something that sounds good, yeah, but has no bite to it. It's kind of like I watched in Adam ruins everything about um like one to one giving, mm-hmm. like Toms, mm-hmm. like it's not really what you think it is, and it's not helpful in a way that's significant, really, yeah, unfortunately. Exactly. Um,
0: and then here's problem number two. For trees to actually play a major role in fixing the climate, we will have to find space to plant a tremendous number of them. That's true. So like I said, there used to be six billion, six trillion trees on earth, but there also used to be no people on earth. (laughs) Yeah, they had all that room. So now we need some of that space. Less probably than we've really taken, but some of it we need. There's room for one more behind my apartment. There you go. Um, and so a report last year from the National Academics of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine estimated that removing and sequestering 150 million metric tons of carbon emissions per year, so that's like a, a good amount, mm-hmm. would require converting as much as 4 million hectares, which is 9.9 million acres, of land into forests that can never be harvested. Right. And that is an a- area larger than Maryland. Oh my God. So we'd have to just take Maryland
1: and be like, everyone go and we can never touch this land again. Go to Kansas cuz no one's there. No one's there. Bring Washington DC with you. <laughs> and I don't know what else to
0: say. And like I said, that's if we want to get rid of 150 million metric tons of emissions per year. The US produces 5.8 billion tons of emissions oh my per God. year. Come on, Sam. Why are you going to do these?
1: <laughs> so You do the global panic ones. I know always. I
0: love it. <laughs> so if all we're doing is planting trees, We need to to dedicate 371 million acres to just planting them and leaving them forever. Well, how much is that? That's the area of Texas. Come on. (laughs) So we need everyone in Texas to move out so we can plant trees there and then don't touch them again. What if we take like,
1: I'm going to alienate a lot of people, like Idaho and like, (laughs) and like Iowa Mm -hmm. and like South Dakota. And plant all the trees there. I don't mean to be offensive, but like, how many people can be listening? (laughs) You know what? I feel like I'm alienating listeners. You guys, (laughs) your state's important. Your state's really important.
0: But like, and here's the real problem. Trees are important. Like, even if we did this, it's just not just a problem for the U.S. Like, and a a report a couple (laughs) weeks ago. Yeah, that's we couldn't do it. First (laughs) of all, um, a report a couple weeks ago by the Committee on Climate Change concluded the United Kingdom would need to commit a fifth of its farmland to dedicated carbon storage, so planting trees and never cutting them down or touching them again. And
1: no one would do that. On
0: top of many other efforts for the nation to reach its target of net zero emissions by 2050. So, like, they'd have to be doing a ton of stuff and give a fifth of their land to trees. Mm. And then maybe they will be zero carbon emissions by 2050.
1: And oh, then there's issue so
0: number three. Permanence. Permanence. Trees don't last forever. Just look at the fires in Australia. <laughs> like. Oh, yeah, it's sometimes true. Sometimes things burn down or there's been all this deforestation in Brazil. And when trees and plants die, whether it is from fires or from logging or from simply falling down, most of the carbon trapped in their trunks, branches, and leave returns to the atmosphere. So if we're counting on trees to remove carbon from the atmosphere and then eventually they
1: fall down, that carbon's going back in the atmosphere. Well, what what do we have that takes carbon out of the atmosphere and then makes it go away forever? Not much. <laughs> we just shouldn't have put that much carbon in the atmosphere. That, but that sounds like a, a yesterday problem. I know. We need a solution for tomorrow. I know. Um, as Jane Flegel,
0: who's a member of the adjunct faculty at the Arizona State University School of Future Innovation in Society. I want to go there. Puts it, Just shifting the stock of CO2 from the atmosphere to the land biosphere is not a permanent sequestration of emissions. Carbon sinks can become carbon sources very quickly. And this is only going to become a bigger issue as the climate becomes harsher in coming years. There's going to be more droughts. There's going to be higher temperatures. And so forests are just going to get more fucked up. Mm-hmm. And all that carbon that's in those trees is going to go back into the atmosphere. Right. So basically, what this reminds me the most of is when we talked about single-use plastics and plastic drinking straws. Like, yes. yes it does seem the same. It would be good to get rid of them. <laughs> But it is not going to fix everything. Like, we need systemic change for our climate. We need to be stopping giant corporations that are responsible for these carbon emissions. And we need to invest in new, better solutions for issues like travel and feeding people Mm -hmm. that don't pop off as much carbon as we currently allow. We can't just plant four trees for every flight we take. And so, as James Temple put it at the end of his article... So yes, trees can and will need to play some role in sequestering carbon already in the atmosphere, at least for a while. But that's all the more reason we can't rely on trees as a stand-in for the separate monumental task of cutting emissions from our energy, transportation, and agricultural systems. And it's hard to read Republicans' sudden enthusiasm for tree planting as anything other than a cynical effort to dampen growing calls for the sorts of regulations and taxes required to bring about those changes. Amen. So be suspicious when you hear all yeah. of a sudden a Republican senator wants to plant a trillion trees. Oh, trees? I love them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's a trillion trees. And again, hard to describe because it's about 17 different movements. Right. Um, if you're going to give to any of them, like, uh, again, like, obviously plant a bunch of trees. That's great. Um, I would say give to the one that's connected to, like, the World Wildlife Fund and all of that stuff, because to me that one seems the most, like, reputable and the one that's has the best plan Mm -hmm. um and also just give to like your local reforestation groups there's probably something in your town that's planting trees give money to them if you want but also like please vote yeah please vote for people who want to make actual change in the climate Of this world because that's the best and kind of only way that people like you and I, Al, can actually make a difference in the climate. Yeah,
1: I think that's what we learned through talking about plastics, Mm -hmm. through talking about everything we talked about. Yeah. Anything environmental like that, it's the same conclusion. Yeah, you gotta vote. Just vote. Mm Mm-hmm. But so that's a trillion trees. Not as fun as this uh, chronic masturbator guy. I thought it was going to be like, oh, somebody was trying to have a trillion trees, but then they were like, not spending the donor money properly, which would have been a lot easier to handle. No, it's just like... Our planet is dying. Our planet's dying. Yeah, it's too bad. That's it. It's genuinely too bad. I'm joking about it, but it's really upsetting. Yeah, sorry. Um, Sorry I brought this up, you guys. Yeah, no, I mean, rude of you, but... (laughs) Oh, Sam. Yeah. Well, so that's us for this week, you guys. That's all we, that's all we got. Tune in next time. We'll talk about some other stuff. We'll we'll get, we'll get some more
0: for you. Maybe we'll have less existential dread. Maybe we'll have more. I think we'll definitely have
1: less yogurt enemas. But then again, who knows? Who knows where the night will take us, (laughs) right? Who knows what we're doing this weekend. We can't do that. Not this, not this weekend. Enemas are not good for anyone. I mean, actually, I won't say that. Like, maybe you have a condition that enemas are helpful for. But if you're just like a girl who read, like, have an enema, like, have a colon cleanse... (laughs) for wellness don't, don't do, do it it'll like puncture your intestines yeah Stop you're that. fine your you're fine probably your fine. colon is fine
0: and if it's not fine you should get it like Go a, doctor to a doctor to tell you that it's not
1: fine if a doctor tells you to get an animal like a doctor doctor who you like and trust fine yeah otherwise don't don't do it don't do it <laughs> your butthole is fine yeah and that's what i'm gonna leave you with this week your butthole is just fine I don't know about you guys, but I really needed to hear that this week. I, I needed to tell it to myself. <laughs> A lot of shame out there. All right. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm Allie. You're Sam. Absolutely. And until next week, we hope you stay horrified.